You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey everybody, it's Adam, live and in person for you. Hey everybody, it's Adam, wonder who he'll interview. He stole our hearts in Broadway's Bonnie and Clyde, melted them on the CW's The Carrie Diaries, and just before the pandemic hit, Claiborne Elder was seducing us with Barcelona in the Broadway revival of Company. Today, Claiborne is burying it all with Call Me Adam about the ups and downs of a Broadway career. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Claiborne Elder. Hi, Claiborne. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm very well. It's great to hear you and see you. It is so great. You can only hear us, I guess, out there, but it's great to be heard. Yes. Yes, (laughs) it is. Let's get things started. So um, I always start off my interviews with this question. X amount of years from now, when someone mentions Claiborne Elder, what do you hope people say about you? You know, this is, it's going to sound like a pretty goody two-shoes answer, but I, I truly hope that the only, that not the only thing, but that the thing that comes to mind is that he was kind. Mm. And it's not, I'm not always kind, but <laughs> I try to be, and I feel like, you know, I feel like it's so important and I try so hard to be a person that people uh, that not only you want to work with, but that you want to spend time with, because those are the people that I want to work with and that I, that I remember and that I love. Yes. Well, from my interactions with you, I think you will be remembered that way. You're delightful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now I have seen you on, in, in several of your shows. Uh, I mean, I saw you in Bonnie and Clyde. Um, I adored you on the Carrie Diaries. It was one of my <laughs> favorite you. shows. And now you, right before the pandemic hit, you were uh, on Broadway in the revival of Company. Um, so uh, let's talk about some of your Broadway shows. Like, how do you want the various shows you've been in to sort of fit into your legacy of your body of work? Well, you know, Bonnie and Clyde was my Broadway debut. And it was also the shortest <laughs> running Broadway show I've ever been in. But what's amazing about it is that that show has just kind of had this life that has gone on with people who loved it and people who've grown to love it through the cast recordings and through the pirated pirated Broadway recordings, which I'm not thrilled about. But at the same time, it has kind of allowed this whole new generation of audience members who never saw the show on Broadway to experience it. And I... I do love that, that 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 has gone on in some way because it was such a huge part of my heart. You know, mm-hmm. I loved that show and I loved that cast so much. Um, and then, you know, it's interesting that the bulk of my work as a professional actor has been with Stephen Sondheim or on Stephen Sondheim musicals. I'm wearing a Stephen Sondheim beanie right now, which I did not even process, <laughs> but I'm that nerdy. Um, but, you know, I I feel like I've been lucky to get to be kind of a modern interpreter of his work in a lot of ways. And, you know, my first, my first real professional show was doing Roadshow at the public, um, where I got cast as just some kid off the street who didn't have an agent who went to the open chorus call and then was, you know, playing across from Michael Cerverus one day. And, and the fact that Mr. Sondheim and John Doyle and the public theater gave me a shot is a real miracle because I was just some kid. To your question, I think that, you know, I have also, new work is my passion. Uh, my, my degree is in dramaturgy. 
Um, I studied acting in Russia and then I came back to the United States and, and wanted to get a college degree and I went and studied dramaturgy. And so development and new plays and new musicals are my favorite, favorite, favorite thing. So I guess that I would say I want to be known for having made things, for having created things, for having been a contributor to a process, you know, somebody who has something to say, an actor who who has an opinion and who likes to shape things. I think that's great, a great legacy to want to have. Now, to your point, um, in Company, I mean, this revival of Company was uh, is different than previous versions of the show because the men are playing the, the female roles and the women are playing the male roles. So in a way, you are creating a whole new show within an already established, well-known, very successful Sondheim production. So how does how does that play to your ideology of wanting to create things? That's a that's an excellent point. And I I feel that way very much about it, that it's a it is a show we all know and love, and it's a true revival in the sense that it is a completely reimagined version of it. You know, it's um and that's why I feel like it's exciting. You know, that's what makes it so exciting. And and it is true that approaching a character that was a different gender in past productions, and especially a show that I know personally so well and so many people love and know so well, to approach a character, it's like taking a poem you already love and trying to put it in a completely different context, you know? And it's very exciting. And it's very exciting to have, to like go back to the original George Firth short stories and short plays and things that every that, that all of the all of the script is based on and look at that source work and kind of pull things out of it that help to make that gender transition interesting and vibrant and um so it really has been a creation process and the rehearsal we had a long rehearsal process especially for a show they'd already done in london they brought it over we had a full long rehearsal process where we did a lot of table work and a lot of scene work to really figure things out. And that's my favorite. It's like candy to me. So I was so happy that they decided that they did that because it's a big investment of money to say, we're going to pay everybody for an extra two or three weeks to just really figure out the script. And that's what they did. And it really shows. And the cast is such a strong group of actors that everyone does have an opinion. And because the show is kind of episodic, you know, like we all have one or two scenes with Bobby and then we all have a lot of time off. And that cast, because it's a cast of people that just love acting and love actors and love the process, everybody would sit and watch everybody, especially Patti Lapone. actually. Patti Lapone would sit and watch everyone work. And it was always like, oh, I love that, that, that you know, it feels like we're all collaborating as a team, even though I'm doing my scene, uh -huh. like the people are there watching and paying attention. I feel like now with iPhones, everybody in so many shows I'm in, people are, if you're not on stage, they're like off in a corner on their iPhone. And so this was, that, that was such a treat to be, to be in that room of people. I, d I just gave you a very long answer. To no, I love question. that answer. I like And it's very like, behind the scenes. I mean, did she, did Patty give you any kind of opinions or suggestions or um, did she comment at all on anything that you did or was it just that she was watching for her own enjoyment? You know, I I love Patty the Poet. I mean, I'm a, I'm a gay man. Of course I do. But 
I will, I, I will, I'm going to tell you my Patty LuPone story, which is on the, during the first week of rehearsal, somebody, we, I, I happened to be sitting next to Patty in a music rehearsal. We were all sort of chatting and people brought up, somebody started talking about birthdays. And I knew that Patty Lapone and I have the same birthday. But of course, I was trying to play it cool. <laughs> and so people were asking and Patty was like, oh, my birthday's April 21st. And then in my Oscar winning performance, I was like, oh, what? Your birthday? What's a birthday? I have one of those too. <laughs> and told her that we have the same birthday. And she turned to me and she took my face in her hands and she said, that means we're soulmates. <laughs> and I was like, I, I fully wet my pants. And um, every, like the 10 year old Claiborne elder uh, died. And, and then she has been just the best castmate ever. She has a, I've told this before, but she has two rooms in her dressing room. Uh -huh. which is common in those old Broadway dressing rooms. It's like, it's two rooms. And instead of taking both of them to be her dressing rooms, she turned one of them into a bar just for the cast. Oh, wow. And she stocks it. She like, she asked me what kind of liquor and snacks I want in there. All she wants is for us to come and drink with her after the show. Oh my or God. at intermission, but probably after <laughs> the show. No, we're not doing that. But she just like, she loves to be together. And the only, she's never given me, she's never given notes. She's never done anything, but she is very supportive. And I remember one time in, in a rehearsal, she was sitting like down, fro, down, down center as I was doing a part of the show. And I was like exploring and trying some new things. And I did something that just tickled her funny bone and she just cackled for like a minute. And I had, I started giggling and kind of had to stop because we were all just, we all just started giggling. And, um, and the thing I did made it is in the show now. And, um, and I always will think of her when I do it because it's kind of, I'm kind of doing it because she laughed so hard at it mm -hmm. and people laugh at it, but nobody laughed as hard at it as Patty did. What is it that you do for oh, those I'm, of us who haven't seen the show? I'm not going to tell you, but it's something okay. that I do in the bedroom scene. It's something I do in the bedroom scene. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, there's reason enough everybody listening to go see the show when Broadway comes back. Now we are recording this episode on April 29th, which means your birthday was just eight days ago. So happy birthday. Thank you. Did you and Patty do any kind of virtual celebration together since you share the day? No, we emailed each other oh, um, nice. happy birthdays and things, but that's it. We actually, the cast has a um, group text message chain that we uh -huh. have. I mean, I would say every three or four days still, somebody texts and posts or says something or we talk to each other and we all wish each other happy birthday. So like everybody wished us a happy birthday and that was Oh, fun. that's so nice. So throughout the shutdown, you've all stayed in touch and... Yeah, we still have Zoom happy hours and play games and that's so every nice. few months. Yeah. That's so nice. So now what did your family do? Because you are married um, yes. and you have a, how old is your son now? He's three and a half. Oh my God. So did your family do anything for your birthday? Yes, we did. We had a, we had a little celebration. We had a, um, we had like an outdoor distance with just a few friends, little party we had a big bonfire outside and oh. I cooked and it was really fun. It was nice. It was oh, a nice, so mellow, nice. but good birthday. Yeah. That's so nice. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we get to talk during your birthday week or just the week after. I know. Even makes it more <laughs> exciting. 
When's your birthday? Uh, August 19th, three days after Madonna's. <gasps> You're soulmates. Yes, we are. That's Actually, cool. not many people know this, but um, when she was on Anderson Cooper, so my friend uh, worked on the show at, when he had his talk show, and um, she was the guest, and she was able to get me and my friend on the show. And those of us coming to the show, you were allowed to submit a question for Madonna beforehand. And they selected me to ask my question. Oh. And so on the show, I got to ask Madonna a question. It was like, I mean, the most amazing thing. And she loved she loved my question. I mean, of course, it got edited down to like a two second thing. But but for I, you, how meaningful and incredible. I mean, yeah. I have idolized Madonna since I was a kid. And and just to be able to ask her a question, because I don't know. I mean, I, I hope I have the chance one day to interview her for my podcast or in some any kind of form. I will take any kind of interview with Madonna. But the fact that I got a moment to ask her a question and that she really seemed to appreciate the question um, meant the world to me. I mean, That's I still incredible. think about that day. Absolutely. So, That's incredible. Yeah. 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 Because she was promoting her movie at the time, W.E., um, mm -hmm. that she oh, yeah. directed and she, her song Masterpiece was in it. So I asked her, what does she get from uh, directing movies that she doesn't get from music? And um, huh. she, she loved the That's question. That's a good question. That's Thank a great you. question. Thank you. Oh. So, but oh. this interview is not about Madonna. It's about you. So back to you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll have much more with Claiborne Elder. Priceline presents Go to Your Happy Price. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else. Like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. You know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. For the fourth year in a row, Don is partnering with iHeartRadio for Can't Cancel Pride, a campaign that has raised over $11 million for the LGBTQ plus community. Don continuously strives to celebrate visibility and inclusivity for all, and that means supporting amazing organizations like Centerlink, providing safe spaces where over 52,000 community members go each week to receive critical and life-saving services. Don is there for your home, or your home away from home. So visit Can'tCancelPride.com to learn more. Hey everybody, my name is Claiborne Elder, and you're listening to Bearing It All with Call Me Adam. And now we're back. And you have worked with some of the most amazing people in the world. I mean, like you just mentioned, you, you, you're, you're starring alongside Patti Lapone in company. The, the company also has Matt Doyle, Kyle Dean Massey. Um, you've worked with Jeremy Jordan, Lauren Osnes in Bonnie and Clyde. Um, Melissa Vanderscheif. Vanderscape. I know. Vanderscape. South African. South African. It's tricky. Yes. That <laughs> Bonnie and Clyde was the show that introduced me to you and to her. 
well, and to Laura and Jeremy. But yeah. um, I mean, you, you've worked with any with everybody. You also got to work with Dennis O'Hare in a film that your husband um created called right. Net User, mm-hmm. and I know it won an award at the um LA uh, LGBT Film Festival, yes. and um, it's this great short about. It's, it's kind sort of, of like sci- not cyberbullying, but sort of cyberbullying and cancel culture and and gay. It's a gay political thriller. Yes, which was and- thrilling. You know, we we were having. He wrote that script, and was like, "I think I want to make this short film." And Dennis O'Hare was coming over for breakfast because we're friends, and he he came over for breakfast and. Um, we sat down and gave him the script and told him about it just because just casually and as Eric, casually husband, as Dennis O'Hare comes over your house for breakfast <laughs> <laughs> and Eric my husband was like Dennis who do we I need someone who do you know like you that would do this you know because you know frequently when you're writing or something you'll think of a person who would probably not do it but you know you want that sort of quality and so he really was just saying hey who is somebody who you think uh, would be good for this? And Dennis was like, me, I want to do it. I, I, I really want to do this. And we were like, okay. So Dennis did it and he's fantastic. And yeah. And it won an RDOS award for casting and it got, it was in a bunch of film festivals and things. It's actually being released for the first time publicly for just people to watch it uh, soon. Like in a couple of weeks, it's going to be released. So if you check out my Instagram, you can, I'll tell you when it's being released. I guess that's the best way. Oh, exciting. Exciting. I did get to see it and I urge everybody when it's released to watch it because it is very good. I actually had to watch it twice to sort of figure out a lot of what was going on, but I mean, you both are fantastic in it and I'm thrilled to hear that it's, that it has a a next step, a next phase. It's it's fantastic. Thank you. Um, Speaking of, of other films, you also started on one of my favorite shows, The Carrie Diaries. Uh, you were in season two. So um, can you tell us a little bit about sort of your experience or or how you, um, because prior to that, you were really focused just on musical theater. Mm-hmm. And this was one of your, you know, one of your first TV shows. shows. Yeah. So can you explain sort of, talk a little bit about the transition from theater to film and what that was like for you at that time? Yeah. So I had, I had done a lot happened that year, but I had, I was also in a play called one arm off Broadway and um, it was a Tennessee Williams screenplay that had never been produced into a play. And it was at the new group and Moises Kaufman directed it. And it was probably the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, It was really exciting, but really challenging. And I got nominated for a drama desk award and I was up, I was nominated for a drama desk award along with, I feel like I was the wild card in the, cause my co-nominees were like, uh, I don't remember now. It was a whole bunch of famous people. It was a whole bunch of famous actors. And then me, I was the only kind of off Broadway person. And because I got that nomination, I feel like a bunch of casting directors suddenly were like, we have to see Claiborne Elder for TV and film. Cause it was a play. And they called me in for something for the Carrie Diaries. And I was called back and I went through the process and I kind of didn't end up getting it in the end. It was a different role. And then probably a month later, they called and were like, great, we want to see him for this other role. And I went in for the audition and it was like a final producer callback with all the people in the room. And I was like, oh, this is not just 
this is not just a, they're, they're actually looking at me right now for this. I had one audition. They called like three days later and we're like, great, he's going to be on the show now. And you know, it's, and that's happened to me a lot where I will go in for a show and audition for one character. And then I will get called back and just basically offered or, you know, to do something else. I just finished filming a, a season of a TV show that I'm not allowed to tell you what it is yet, but I'm just allowed to say it's a very fancy television show for HBO that I just finished the first season of. And I had gone in for a different role on that show as well. And then they called back and were just like, actually, he's perfect for this. And they just offered it. They just gave it to me. So it's a good lesson that you're auditioning for your career. You're not auditioning for a role. And in fact, on Bonnie and Clyde too, I had auditioned. I was called in to play Ted, who's like Bonnie's boy, other boyfriend. I auditioned. I left the room. The casting director like ran out and caught me as I was getting on the elevator and was like, hey, we have this other role. Um, it's already been cast, but we're doing a workshop of the show and we need somebody to do the workshop of the show. Would you come in and read for this role? And I was like, sure. And when I had read the script, that was the role that I was like, that's who I should be playing. And I went in, I read for the role. I made them laugh their faces off. And then they took the offer away from the other guy and gave it to me. <laughs> wow. Which is fine because his career is great and he's done very, very well. So I don't feel guilty anymore. I did feel guilty at the time, but, um, but yeah, so it, you just never know. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, we are unfortunately out of time for today's episode, but stay tuned because part two of my interview with Claiborne Elder will be released soon. He'll get the dirt and the scoop and the story For he happens to be in the know Just ask anybody who's had him Adam Lynch for the business of show CallMeAdam.com Find more episodes of Bearing It All with Call Me Adam everywhere you stream podcasts. For my print and video interviews, visit my website, callmeadam.com. Follow me on social media at callmeadamnyc on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And finally, if you really want to get involved, support my podcast on a deeper level by becoming a member of my Patreon family. Visit patreon.com slash callmeadamnyc. There, you'll get a variety of backstage perks, including advanced notice of interviews, the ability to submit a question to my guests, and everyone's favorite, swag. 